1: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
2: This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like I always have, you know, one of my guests um, is that every time I get off the show with him, I'm always thinking about something that. i always am better myself when he speak.
3: My guest is Les Nev, what's up? Hey, I'm enjoying this beautiful sunshine out here in the great Northwest.
2: Yeah, I how you feel,
3: last Like Glasgow? Yeah, Glasgow. Like Glasgow, scarlet. I'm the black Scotsman, man. Come on. Work with me.
2: <laughs> well, Les, <laughs> I, I, have, I have to confess to you. Um, I had a lot of, I had over 700 emails for, to do this show. Uh, I had a lot of guys who want to do this show with me, uh, the player in the NBA, but I want to do this show with you because, uh, you know, when I met you down, you know, Super Bowl, uh, speaking to you, um, you, you're just amazing, them being on the show, so I want you to do this show with me today, and I, I really love when you talk, you know, it inspires a lot of listeners and people, so uh, I want to start off right now. It was hard for me to do the show because it's been all week. You know, everybody's been talking about it It was a sad day, and you know, the world of just sports or anything.
3: But yeah,
2: I love to get your intake, and you know, and I always tell people it's an You know, and I looked at when you told me that you know when you went to Seattle, you was the voice of the locker room. Everybody looked up to you. You were the one to control it. Like when I was in Philadelphia, it was Reggie White. Yeah. Oh, this is so great for me to do the show with you because, I mean, you're the voice of when I do my show. People listen, you know what I'm saying, and respect you, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, off, yeah, know, it's kind of been that the way for, for a long time. I don't
3: know why, uh, but, you know, I'm up and say, hey, man, just that when you talk, you make sense. So we listen.
2: So it's, it's about the NBA um, owner for the Los Angeles Clippers. But I want to start, off, before we get on that, you know, I went to white High School, and so I want you to help me out with this, you know and speak to the mm-hmm. list of about, uh, you know. It's funny how, you know, um, I was on the basketball team. You know, the, the school treated me great, you know. You know you had one or two people that had that comment, but, you know, but one gentleman I played with, you know, um, his parents, you know, um, he started dating a black uh young lady. They didn't like that. But it was okay for us, you know, to be his friends with basketball and all like that, but it wasn't acceptable for them to date. Why are people like that mess? I mean, why do it fluctuate? You know, and it's going to go back to up to where we're going to lead up to where the um, owner of the team, but why is that message?
3: I, I think it's it, it, it should be put in a category where I would call it generational racism. Uh, you know, you become accustomed to your environment and your belief system, and even though the world is evolving and changing around you, you still hold on to that belief system uh that blacks are inferior to whites. Uh even though, you know, your kids know better, you don't because the people that loved and protected you instill that value in you. And it's almost like as a coach, if you really see a player a certain way, then you will only see those moves that he make on the field that validate that. I mean so if you think he's a weak player you only see him. You're you're only recognize his losses. You won't recognize his wins. And you know, unfortunately, you know, as a country, we're stuck there. You know, we, we're 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 literally stuck there uh, because we're at a point now where all of a sudden, you know, <clears throat> our kids are interacting a lot more. They are crossing paths a lot more. Now, you still have pockets of America where you know. Uh, they are able to really eliminate, you know, minorities from moving into the neighborhood by whatever means. But that's far few and in between. For the most part, uh, most people are able to move, you know, really where they want, at least a, a large population, unlike in the old days. And so when you have people, you know, starting to live together, and they really realize that they're not much different. They want, you know, their kids to be successful. Uh, they don't mind putting in extra time, you know, at the job to... To to raise extra money for their family, so all those beliefs about you know blacks being lazy and all that, it's out the window because all of a sudden they see them as neighbors working as hard if not harder than themselves to do the things necessary for their families. So you know, with this guy, you know, he just you know he was way above dealing with African Americans. You know, it was almost like a, a mass at a plantation. I can sleep with him, but you know, other than that that's it. So, you know, they they are just something that I can use and, and and toss away. And, you know, it's one of those things that when when I hear people talk about, you know, uh, doing away with affirmative action and and blah blah blah, you know, we are so many years away from that because we just haven't grown up as a country. We talk to talk but we don't walk it. Uh, you know, and, and it goes back to, James, you can attest to this. You, you know how it is back when you were right. young, getting on the elevator. And, you know, uh some older white went on the elevator. The first thing they do is grab their purse harder, you know. And, you know, we, we would never reveal that we knew, but we did know. And it made me feel uncomfortable. It's like when you walk into a store as a young man and you have people following you. You know, that never occurred to little white kids when they walk into a store, but it did with us. And, and part of that was because I, I know growing up in Compton I had to always be aware of my environment. I, I mean, I had to always be aware when things were out of character, And so if somebody wanted to, you know, look at me too many times, I actually, I knew it. You know, I could feel it. I could see it. And and uh, th- this country, we we talk about how great we are and, and how, how fair we are, but that's not true. Well, well
2: let, me, let me ask you this now, uh, because, and I love, I read something different every day. I tell you what I thought with you. You know, and, and like I said, this show is hard for me to do because, you know, you, you, you sit back and you want to be fair, you know, and everybody like want to be fair. You don't want, you you want to say, hey, the world changed, but the world hasn't changed. So my question to you, miss? I mean, we all know when we go out there. I know I grew up, my parents, you know, they came from Alabama. <laughs> my parents, we can't. they can't tell me like, I don't ever want you coming here to and talking about, um race or this and that. They're unacceptable for us because they look at everybody the same. My mom wife, they know, you know, even what they went through, you know what I'm saying? And I respect
3: that, you know? Well, I, I think like, the, uh, the perspective for, for most African Americans is one of, you know, we're not going to be like them. We're not going to treat them disrespectful because they're white. You know, uh... And, you know, for some reason, you know, when you grow up in a family and it's okay for you to be disrespectful to others, then that's how you grow up. That's how you raise your kids. You know, and and I will go back. I, I think the world has evolved. It's gotten better. But it's not it's not where it needs to be, James. And, and that's my point, I guess, is that it's just not where it needs to be. I mean, and I, mean I hate to throw that
2: out there because I love Wyoming, but when I first attended the University of Wyoming, you know, it was like, Man, when we wasn't playing football, they was always calling us that N-word, you know. But once we were playing football that season, they was our buddies. You know, it's like they just look at us, and like that owner looked at them like almost your dogs, you know, like he was saying. You know, I feed you, I close you, and that's how they look at you, right? I mean, I see a lot of people back in the day, just cheer for Michael Jordan, but then I'm like, see him after they call everybody, you know, what makes him more different than the other black person, man.
3: Well, I, I think you know. I mean, first of all, you know what 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 makes him different is that you know, one as an African American, what he's been able to overcome, you know, uh, you know, not just being a, a a great you know athlete on the on the on the basketball court, but you know, he was smart enough to really define his own brand when he came out of baseball because you know that was one of the first times that you know anyone. Came up with their own brand. I mean, he, you know, he got so big with Nike. He said, you know, why am I doing Nike when I can do Jordan? And, you know, Nike and I can split it instead of, you know, Nike cutting me off, you know, 20%. I can take 80 and give them 20%, or, you know, something like that. I mean, so that, that was a great move on his part to really monetize what he did on the basketball court to make even more for him off of the basketball court. So that, that's what, that's what makes the average person different from Michael? Well, no, well, well I mean, when you, when you look at it, you know, uh, this is, this is my belief, is that we are a country about haves and have nots. Even more so than we are a country about blacks and whites. Because at the end of the day, you know, uh, we, we have affluent white, Americans really turning the unaffluent, non-rich white Americans uh, against African-Americans. And we are in the same boat, and, but they are able to make them believe that they are viewed differently because of their skin pigmentation when really they're not because, I mean, they have them do all their bidding. They have them come over on the weekend and watch the car and do all that kind of stuff as well. But yet, you know, they, they want them to believe that because of their pigmentation that they are better than blacks. And so, you know, I'm always, uh, dumbfounded, uh, when I, I, I see these folks, you know, on TV talking and, you know, they're just regular Joe Blows like the rest of us and their talking points that, you know, the, the media gives to them, and and they use it, but it, it's not in their best interest. It, it goes against everything that they could use to help them to become successful in this country. You know, when, when you look at the whole idea that, James, neither one of us ever believed for one second that there would be a, an African American in the White House before we die. None right. of us. Well... None of my friends believe that, you know, and, 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 but to me, this, this country still, even after that, you know, it's almost like what this woman said one time when he was, you know, running as a senator, they kept showing the, the crazy white woman that kept calling him a ARAB, but the more telling point that was made was the white woman that said, it's just not right for a black man to be voting. No, it's just not right for a white man. No, it's just not right for a black man to be running this country. And that's what she said. And that's what she meant. Mm. Or, or, Or it's just not right for a black man to be telling white no. It's just not right for a black man to be telling white men what to do. James, I had a friend, James. And she said she wouldn't vote for Senator Obama because all the black folks were voting for Senator Obama. You know what I asked her, James? And to this day, she couldn't answer. I said, then why is it okay for by far a larger number of, of of white Americans not to vote for him just because he's black. Right.
2: You know what, man? Hold that, because we're going to take a break. Hold that, what you just said, because I, I got a question for you on that same thing, but uh, okay. we'll see what you're at. Right. But we're going for a break, and this is James Levy, Like I said, my guest, um, Ned, man, you're educated, man. You're educated, man, for real. A
3: little bit. I'm saying
2: that from my heart, man.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
1: If you think you've seen online TV before... The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a ass and they move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We playing around here. Voice America Sports.
2: this is a special show today, you know. Um, a lot of guests, but you know, when you have a feeling for a guest that you know, uh, that's say like number one, you know, man, I'm not, I'm not BSing you, you know. A lot yeah, of guys around um, play NBA players want to do this show, but I listen to you every time you're on my show, and what you you do, you, you give, and you give. I mean, you're not scared of your opinion, you know what I'm saying? Tell it right, so that's why. I'm pleased to have you on this show, Manley. Today,
3: Well, yeah, thanks.
2: But uh, was, um, you said something that was very interesting. I talked to a lot of people. You know, we 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 can continue on that. You know, I asked some people. You know, on the black humor, why would you vote for Obama? So because he's black. Why can't we just vote because he's a better candidate? Why people got justify what you remember what you were saying is over. I'm not gonna vote for because he's a black candidate. Why can't we do that in America, Manley? Well, everything would be judged on. Well, he only plays football, basketball, so I cheer for him doing that season. And I think I won't. Why do we do that?
3: Well, I mean, you know, you know, James, is, it, it, you know, it, it just always goes back to one's conditioning, you know, and one's environment, and and uh, you know, I, I always think about the movie Mississippi Burning when. uh She's in the kitchen, and she's talking. I can't remember the other star's name. Uh, Gene Hackman. But Gene Hackman. And, and you know, he, he really offends up. her, and he doesn't realize it because he basically, you know, she's from the South, and he calls her a racist. And, and, and James, she she made a statement that really made me rethink how I should view Southerners. And she's the one that came with the, the, the idea of, and the words that I always repeat. She said, when those that you love and respect the most tell you this, when those that feed you and clothe you and provide for you tell you this, and that's all you know as a youngster, that's what you believe. But she said, believe it or not, some of us, as we get older, we know it's not the truth. So don't think for one second that we're born this way. So they, 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 it's like, you know, if, if your parents tell you this is so, and you buy into it, you know, it's that's that's what it is, and and that's why I say you know when you know uh, when you talk about uh, you know Sterling, it's, it's kind of like you know his mindset was that you know and all he probably heard around the house that you know African Americans, Latinos, you know all non whites are second class citizens, and you know the the whole idea that you know he could pay his guys that kind of money and. And call them plantation workers. I mean, let me give you an example. If it was 80% white, that term, if the NBA was 80% white, that term would have never been used. Never. But because it's not, it's 80% black, he wants to use that term. As if, you know, uh, these young men are, are demeaning or, are, are, you know, these young men would be destitute, you know, if, if not for not to go to the NBA. Now, there's no question that going to the NBA has changed a lot of lives, but there are some smart guys that are athletes. You know, there are some smart guys that can do more than just bounce a basketball, more than just catch and hit a baseball, more than just, you know, catch and throw footballs, you know, tackle, intercept footballs. I mean, so there, there are really some educated guys that are athletes. So... But the point being is that if it wasn't a proponent of African-Americans in the, in the NBA, that statement would never have been used. He would have never talked about, you know, his white players, you know, being slaves. Never. That never, never been said. And, and, and to me, that's, that's the point that, that everybody's missing is that, you know, he's, he's, he's taking it so far out of context because there are a group of, of African-Americans doing their thing and he wants to call them slaves. No, they'd be slaves if they were doing it for free. They're not doing it for free. You pay them an extraordinary amount of money. So how dare you call them a slave? I listened to a Charles Barkley. made a quote. He
2: said, uh, people out there are red and rave, you know, all they make all these millions, what they worried about? Barkley said, hey, they working hard, busting their butt, getting injuries and all like that. They work for that. You know what I'm saying? He's only sit back and make billions
3: and don't do nothing, Leslie. Am I right? Oh no, you, you're right about that. But by, my point being, you know, for, for him to even make that statement, you know, uh, you know, as if uh, you, you, the, the 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 reality is, you know, society has placed a lot of value on one's athleticism. You know, it really has, and because these guys possess that athleticism that society has placed a lot of value on, then they get afforded, you know, the opportunity to go to play in the NBA, generate a lot of money from the owners. But you know what? They're making a lot of money. Deservedly slow because they are the show, you know, and, and don't think for one second that the owners are the show. You know, the owners finance it, but the product, you know, it, it's like, you know, who, whoever started, you know, Samsung or, uh, or uh, you know, even Microsoft. I mean, you know, even Bill Gates, you know, it it's about the product. So if he didn't have the product that people wanted, then his business would be non and void. If they didn't have the products, which are the basketball players that nobody wanted to see, his product would be non and void. So he they, 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 they really are joined at the hip and they just don't realize it. You know, he he it, it's not about him. But I think the smarter owners they know they have to do what's right because it's in their best interest as an organization, as a league, to ostracize them. And even if they are underground and feel that same way, they would not make the mistake of letting anyone know that they feel that same way. And who knows? Some of them may even change. Because the one thing that was rumored to happen, and I almost wish it probably would have happened, is that uh, if the new commissioner hadn't had the balls that he had, hadn't Joe was not willing to draw the line in the sand the way he did. They may have had playoff games that would have been boycotted because the rumor was the players were ready to say to hell with this. You know, if you think we're slaves and blah, 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 we'll show you and not even play. And that would have really sent a message. So right now I, I, I think that that's part of it too, that I know some of the owners know that some of these guys were committed to, you know what, we're not playing. We're not playing as long as this guy is involved in the NBA. And they said it and they meant it. You know, you got young men that are stepping up and and and, and really deciding their destiny, defining their destiny. You know, well, saying to everyone, we're not gonna just put up a this because we make a lot of money. You know, we wanna be in a situation that's right for us, that's right for our families, that that's respectful for our people.
2: Let me ask you this, Nazi. You, you said something really I mean every time you say something, let me stop something every time. Let's let's go to this for the football, you know. We we pick at it and says, you know, the blacks only good for one thing, you know, playing sports, plan for this. Remember football when they were saying you couldn't be a quarterback because you weren't smart enough, you black. And like you look at it, like you say plantation, do they look at it like black only do one thing because the plantation, the the, the woman had, was in the kitchen right, and a man would all them plow and, and pick a thing. Is that what they were trying to say with football? Because remember they were like saying. Y'all ain't good for one thing. Cause I know when I came up in high school, they looked at all the black players. You gotta be a running back or receiver because you got the speed. Am I
3: right, Leslie? Oh, for the most part, yeah. That was always you are gotta be a player, skilled position. But, 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 James, I, I think I guess the, 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 the question is, give me, give I know, I've, I've lost my train of thought for a second here because I, I had a, a real good answer, but what were we just talking about?
2: So when I said the quarterbacks. They, they weren't smart enough to be
3: a quarterback
2: in NFL or you know look at it like you say with a plant. Oh oh, oh, oh oh no
3: no no. Okay, Here's, I wanna talk about the what you said earlier about, you know uh the only thing that, you know, blacks are good for are sports, right? Well see right. That's, that's 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 a fallback position that white America has to take because it's not that we're just good at sports that we've been able to dominate sports. When you look at baseball back in the day, you know, uh African Americans were even allowed to play. So yep. so we couldn't play. So so essentially they 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 were, you know, white sports. And and don't get me wrong cuz there are some great uh white American athletes. There's no question about that. But when you look at the sheer numbers right. of African Americans in this country and and those of us that are able to go out and play and play at a high level, you know, uh then, then I would say we, 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 we dominate when it comes to sports. And so what you do is that you say that, because say once again, when, when, when they were all white guys playing sports, they never called them slaves. They never thought about calling them slaves. They, they were looked upon, you know, as hierarchy, as guys to be revered, you know, uh, but once we came on the scene, you know, it was all of a sudden, all they can do is play sports. That's all they can do. We have white doctors. I mean, we have black doctors. We have black attorneys. We have black judges. We have black senators, black congressmen. Now we have a black president. So, you know, we have black CEOs. So get over it. But, but, but as long as we allow them to define us as just being athletes, then that's what they'll continue to do. But there's no question that we have individuals of African-American descent African-American heritage that can can really prosper and do well in any industry in the world, in the country. Because when you look around at a lot of these companies, we do have African-Americans that are decision makers. And so that whole... uh, you know, slave mentality thing, you know, house nigga and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that's out the window. They can, they, they can try to paint it with that brush any kind of way they want to, but James is not the truth. It really isn't the truth. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it, there's so much misinformation out there, James, that if you say it enough, it becomes the truth. So, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't look and see how far we've come. They don't look and see that you know we 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 have we we have crossed every frontier in this country. We have jumped over every every her, every hurdle, James. You know, so but it's about us not letting them define us the way they choose to define us by being only good at sports. You know what I'm saying? Because
2: uh, one of the things I knew when I
3: was young, James, I didn't want to just be a dumb jock. I never I never wanted to walk in the class and be viewed as a dumb jock. i didn't introduce myself to my professors and stuff. You know, and, and I and I graduated. But that was my that was my whole deal. I never wanted to be looked at as that dumb jock because and, and that and when you say dumb jock at that time, that included the white boys because it wasn't just the brothers. That was any Abbey. You know what?
2: When we come back, I got a story for you. I want you to come me what you think of this little story quick, and then we're gonna okay. get into the David thing. But man, you just said something really good that hit home, man. But we gotta take a break. We'll come right back. I got something for you. And I definitely right. want to hear what you got to say about that. This is James Love, my guest Leslie Grasco. I tell it the right this time. We'll be right back. All
3: right.
1: Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm back with my guest, Nez. you feel that Nez?
3: I'm
2: still here. Man, I want to jump right into this because you, I told you you hit home. You always hit me with something knock me outside my head. But <laughs> you, tell you, you never want to be, I mean, mad or dumb job. I, went to, I told you I went to the All-Life High School. I never oh, yeah. I never went to class, you know. And they was like, let me go. I was a star athlete. Go to play, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't care about the grades. I was getting these. So what happened to me, man, is I had to... Uh, to go to the JUCO, because I mm-hmm. didn't have a grade to get enough. So I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Not my mentality, you know, I didn't know I was being that dumb job. But let me finish, Nesby. So I had to go to the JUCO. I went to Santa Rosa, Utah. So I'm in there, and they told me, you know, when I came out, you know, hey, you got to get your associate degree before you go anywhere. So uh, all I was working for there was uh, to get my associate, but then I was like, thinking, you know, i got to play this sport. That's all it was about. So right now I'm still in that dumb jock thing, man. I've never realized it. And um, I went to the University of Wyoming, finally got a scholarship there. Um, I got my associate at Federal Duke College degree. I'm at Wyoming. My first year, I'm the star. I'm it. Broke mm-hmm. every record my first year. I'm like, man, this is cool. They go to class, one of my class, the lady was a photographer, you know, doing a game. I'm like, cool. Uh, before the um, that year was over we got called in the lock I mean the coaches off of me and the guy. Mm-hmm. He was other receiver, he was another great receiver. They go, you know what? Y'all are the best in the But y'all can't play next season. I go, What? Y'all grades. What? And um they go, Well, only y'all can play is y'all gotta go to summer school, take every class that y'all took. You had to get an A. Not an A minus, an A. Mm. So that made me right there look at all they looked at me was a dumb jock to play the game. They tell me don't go to class, you know what I'm saying? God, I didn't care, you know, when I wasn't going to class, you know. So that made me go like, you know what, get my butt right, because I don't want to be that dumb jock. And that would kick me in the butt, you know. And um, right after that, I got my bachelor, then I got my master's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was that dumb jock, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm one to admit it, and that's me, I was. All I thought was, hey, just play on the field and do on the basketball court. And baseball field, and you can do what you want. But why do people well, well, settle for know,
3: that? you know, James, we're, we're, we're all uh, products of our conditioning and our environment. So, you know, when you're in high school, nobody told you that, you know, they were giving you all the accolades about being a great athlete. But they didn't say, James, if you want to go further and play in college, you need to get your grades you know, because they allowed you to play and and not get your grades, and so you thought it was going to be that way all the way through, and yeah. then you had that rude awakening. You probably, there's no question, not probably, you could have gone right out of high school and into college, but, you know, because the counselor's viewing you as a dumb African-American that all he can do is, is play sports, Uh you know, that's 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 what's always been disheartening to me is that, we don't even look out for each other the way we should, you know. And, you know, I've always had that saying, you know, we are better and stronger together than we are apart. And, you know, you had a counselor at that school whose job it was to make sure that you were doing all the things that necessary to get you in college, you know, uh, especially in light of you showing that athleticism that you showed. You know, somebody should have, you know, the vice principal should have got a hold of somebody. Should have got a hold of the counselor. Should have had a conversation with you. Hey James, if you are to go to college, you know you need to get this and this done. Uh, you know, even that Gardena High School, the high school I went to, you know, we 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 had our counselors talk to us. You know, they they talked to all the athletes. You know, if you want to go forward. You know, you need to have you know your one year Spanish. You need to have this. You know, get go geometry history blah 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 they they made sure that we had all the basic classes taken care of and you know we we got passing grades on those classes you know because we did the work uh so i'm grateful that you know i mean first of all the high school i went to at the time was probably the most diverse high school in america we had a little bit everything going there and it was all about evenly matched uh you know, about, uh I don't even want to say, but my 20th year at high school, you know, reunion. It, it was funny, you know, the next morning we get up and it's about 20, 30 of us, Hispanics, Asian, white, black, even had a couple of Eskimos. So, and it, it's funny, but we talked about, you know, what it was like going to Gardena High School, how well we got along. And we got along because even as kids, even though I grew up in Compton, I always played Little League football in Gardena. I, I would go to my white friend's house. My white friends would come to my house sometimes. I had to keep an eye on them because I was uncomfortable, but they still would come. But point being is that our parents interacted, the kids interacted. And so when we got to high school, we were like family. And we just talked about how easy it was growing up. Once we came up, you know, as youngsters, we didn't have that difference. We, we, we didn't think we were any better than the other one. We didn't discount each other. You know, we wanted each other to be successful. And it was such a a good, open hearted talk with my friends because, you know, I was like, you know, we're really blessed to be in that environment in the early seventies and not to deal with all the hiccups and the mess that a lot of other young people had to deal with. But it had to do with our parents and and how they felt, and us starting to really hang out and do things together at a young age. So when we reached our teens. We we didn't have these issues that you know uh, other other kids had because we knew each other well enough, you know, from you know staying over there to you know families feeding each other to doing stuff together and having all the families there, so it, it, if everyone was receptive and open, you know the, the the sad part about where we are right now we're we're closing ourselves off more and more, James. Hey, and and every time I'm I'm looking at the TV, it, we're becoming more and more separatists. We're becoming more and more this or that. And you know, we're we're not an America that really opens the door for everyone, that treats everyone the same, that treats each other fair, that looks out for one another. To me, that's what's always made this country great. Is that we've always looked out. You know, for others, you know, when I, when I hear people talking about, you know, uh, it's about them, you know, getting everything and having everything, you know, that's what wild animals do. I mean, wild animals devour the weak. And, and that's the mentality I think some Americans have now is that they, they have a wild animal mentality where they think it's okay to devour the weak. And that's to me what's always made us different than humans is that we've always looked out for each other.
2: Let me go hear you, man. You said something I'll listen. I didn't want to cut you off, but I did. I didn't want to, but um when I was doing what I was doing, and yeah. I, I came up to it when they told me that, you know, hey, you, you can't play unless you, I could have sat back and said, you know what, I'm done and well. But I couldn't oh, yeah. fail because of my parents. You know, right. I was too scared to disappoint them, and I was too scared to disappoint the people that believed in me, you know, because a lot of people said I wouldn't make it. You know, yeah. you wouldn't do a pro, and I, I was too scared. of But my parents like say, hey, "Love no death in married Fifty-seven years, and uh, you know, and you know, you said that. My my question to you is, you know, I grew up in Robbins, Illinois, for a thing. You grew up in Compton. I've been out there in Compton. <laughs> How did you get out there to succeed? Because people look at Compton as all it is games and guns. You know what
3: I'm saying? And drugs. How you,
2: well,
3: make you, you, you know what, James, no. that's true. Hey, you know, I got in a little trouble, and my mom said to me, that's it. You're going to your godparents. My God friends lived in Gardena, and so that's where I went. But, you know, but getting, getting back to you, James, you know, to me, it's when you're in that environment, you know, and you're in high school and you're a star, for no one to pull your coattail to let you know the importance of getting your grades in order for you to move forward, to me, is disheartening. And because it's like, you know, they, they said to themselves, all they can do is play football. Mm-hmm. They didn't even give you an opportunity to be challenged in high school. They didn't give the you opportunity to, to actually so-called study and failed the test. They just said, hey, you know, you just play football. We'll we'll keep you eligible enough to to play sports. You're right. I'm glad you challenged yourself. I'm glad you realized, you know, that, hey, you know what? I can do this. I am better than this. I'm going to prove to you. Because that's what you've always done your whole life anyway, is prove others wrong. And uh, and, and that's the mentality that most successful people have, James. We are always willing to prove others wrong.
2: Uh, uh, uh. Man, man, you would be hitting home, boy. If I wasn't on so far, i start crying. <laughs>
3: don't do it, don't do it.
2: <laughs> so let's, let's jump into, uh, you know, I want to talk about, it, like we say, the NBA. You know, it, it changed, that changed a lot, man. That show, do you think that showed togetherness? Because a lot of people came together, and my question to you is, would that have been a bigger deal if it didn't start off with Magic Johnson? If that photo had come out and it was that comic one related to Magic, do you think it would have been a bigger deal? Because you got to look at that. This would have happened before with him. Elgin Baylor, Byron Davis. Why wasn't such a thing? But when they happened to Magic, it was big. Do you agree with
3: that? Yeah, okay. It, you know what? Not just it's big, but Kevin. huge. I mean, you know, uh, like, uh, man, Magic Johnson too. is one of the, the, the nicest individuals you could meet. I was flying back from somewhere and I I was fortunate enough to be in first class and and we sat together and and we had a nice conversation. We just talked just very open. You know, we knew some of the same people too. So, uh, but, but I mean, I just remember just how, just how cool it was. Very, you know, very open, you know, wasn't stuck up. And, and I think when, when you, when you talk about magic Johnson, if you're going to talk about an African American in this country that gets a pass it's magic Johnson. So, uh, and so that, that just really lets you know how far off he was he was at. I mean so if, if he I mean think about how many Americans would love to have a photo with Magic Johnson. How many white Americans would love to have a photo with Magic Johnson? Not just Americans, but white Americans. Think about that. And this guy comes out and says what he says, then you know he's, he's not he's not playing with a full deck or his hatred of African Americans is just unbelievable. I mean it it's 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 gone to the depths that none of us really could fathom. Because uh when you've thought about it, there have always been some of us that have gotten the path that have been okay. Even if the overall view is that, you know, African Americans, you know, are lazy, aren't smart, can't do this, Man, can't but, do that. Yeah.
2: Thank you, um, we'll go through a break to the show. Thanks.
3: Go ahead, go ahead, man. I don't care. That's fine. But, you know, you know, so point being is that, you know, that that really threw me for a loop. Because I was like, I mean, first of all, you know, what he said about, you know, hey, you know, you can sleep with him. You can lay down. I don't care. So much is taking pictures with him. I'm like, dude, you you're about one of the, you know, that's almost like a statement to me. That somebody from the you know Aryan nation would make you know, like you yeah. know what are you doing taking a picture you know with a black guy, because to them it wouldn't matter you know a black guy is a black guy but for him, who who pays who owns a team, I I think he really did believe that his players were his slaves on his plantation, yeah. you know I, I think that's that's what made it okay for him that he was really running a plantation and and, and it sickens me to know that. You know, he's had these attitudes. Uh, You know, it sickens me to know that even after everything he had did, that the NAACP was willing to give him not one, but his second, his second award. That's like, yeah. It's like, what what are you you guys thinking about? All money ain't good money. Really, all money is not good money. And at the end of the day, that, that, that would be an issue that that chapter of the NAACP would never live down. They, they, they just won't, you know, because you accepted money from a known racist. You accepted money from an individual that you knew discriminated against your own kind. You know, Nevy,
2: and you said it, you believe he, those comments he made, he felt that. You know? Oh, no, he did. No. Anybody that, would know why this woman keep asking me, you know, she's setting him up. He felt that comment. Hey, I closed them, I feed them, you know. Oh yeah, about oh yeah, that was like they are in my flame house. I do
3: for that. Am I right? <laughs> he <missed that. laughs> hey, 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 hey! You know he a sick puppy. Is what he is. You know, I mean, well, I, I guess if, if he wants to stay like that, then then everybody, you know, who the CEO who owns the company, you know, but see, what but what he what he what he doesn't realize that, you know. If he was not paying those guys anything and they were doing that for him, then they would be a slave. But you know what? They have bartered. They have negotiated their contracts. They are being paid fairly for the job that they are they are doing for him. So slaves didn't get paid fairly. Slaves just worked. They didn't get paid yeah. fairly. They didn't get fed fairly. They didn't live a fair life. They didn't get to go home to Today. They loved ones, you know. Yeah, they didn't. So they 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 really didn't have the the family that that we know as a family today. You know, families were always broken up and, and torn apart back in those days. So for him just to have that whole idea and and to really talk about it that way, it's like you know, like how did you ever become an owner? Is, is my question. You know, well I know how because he had $13 million and that's what he put up to buy the chain. That's how he became an owner. So, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, then the go ahead. I would tell you that I wanted you to ask for this one. Did we look at, you
2: know, how this gets overlooked because the money he has? And then the second thing is, how does that get overlooked with the double AMCP because of the money? Am I right?
3: Of course. All about of course. the money.
2: And we say it all every time. All money ain't good money.
3: But yeah, all money, money ain't good money. It changes things, don't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But, you know, that, that's a choice that they made, and, and, and you know what? They have to deal with it. It's kind of like, you know, like you, you not only did it once, you're about to do it twice? Really? Really? I just that's said, my- wow. be yeah, listen to
2: this. I was of I the group call, and the kids would always tell me, it's not a crime until you get caught. This wouldn't be no crime for that double NACP that took that money until this came out. Am I right?
3: Just came up. Just came out.
2: This this one ain't been no. They would never said that you know brought they won the MCA Award of the Year unless this happened. Am I right? It been. It'd was, still been well, no well, what happened
3: was on May fifteenth, Al Sharpton was flying out to L.A. and they had a big old deal set up to give him this big award. In L.A., and Al, I mean, uh, and Al Sharpton was going to be the presenter, you know, or keynote speaker, wherever, and, you know, and they were going to recognize him, you know, once again for all he's done, you know, I guess for African-Americans, which is absolutely nothing other, other than tying the checks of the, of the basketball players that play for him.
2: Al Sharpton, the one who always owns something about Reds, am I right?
3: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You no, know, he talked a little bit about it on the show. You know, he, you know, he claimed to have, you know, no idea what was going on with the guy. You know, he's glad it happened, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hey. Really? You know, point being, point you know, everything. When you think about it, so hold on, hold on one second. When you think about it, when you talk about Elgin Baylor, nobody has a bad word. We've never heard anything, anyone say a bad word about Elgin Baylor. You know, I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff with Lenny Wilkins, and and Lenny is the same way. You would never hear anybody use a disparaging term
2: yeah.
3: towards Lenny or say anything towards him. I mean, just the salt of the earth. I mean, just he's a righteous man. They both are righteous men. So it, it's kind of like this guy did that to Elgin Baylor, really? Wow, well,
2: it, it wasn't big, like now, was it?
3: No, no.
2: Byron Davis, I remember it, you know, now that we were talking about what he was going through was with that. He said, like, oh, yeah. he used to make comments while I'm playing in the game and all like that, you know, and nobody mm-hmm. looked at that. Now I'm like, nope. you know what? That's yeah. almost like, you know, when a kid, you know, they say they keep trying, hey, I was touched, I was touching. nobody listened. Then when something mm-hmm. did. then they felt okay, look back, am I on or right? And, You're
3: right. Absolutely right.
2: You know, we don't we don't look like now we're like, okay, this guy should have been out of here. Yeah, where was all the other people that knew? You can't say you didn't know this was going on. Everybody knew what was going on, but money speaks more value than anything, right now.
3: Well, you, you know but but also, you know, you, you had a a different commissioner. You know, uh you really did, yeah. Different commissioner, so you know you, you, you have a about commissioner that, now so. that no, hear me out, hear me out. You have a, you have okay. a commissioner now that truly is about protecting his brand, is truly about doing the right thing, and you know just the way he come, he the way he came, and as hard as he came, really shocked me. You know, I, I thought he suspended for a year, he fined him, you know. Uh, and and he said, no, he's, he's, he's done. You know, we, we, we don't want him a part of the NBA. And, and to me, that's what should have been done, but there's no way I ever thought it would have been done. And so I give kudos and my hats off to him and all the NBA players that have tweeted in and everything. Yeah. Let me he ask you everything. Uh it's just been unbelievable. Let me ask he you really uh, do you think he was put in such a bad spot that he
2: had to do that? Not that he wanted
3: to, but he had to. Yes, he no, had to do no, that. No, 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 I am serious. I I believe that if he wanted to come out there and say, I'm gonna suspend him for a year, we're gonna do this, we're gonna get him counseling, whatever, people would have been pissed off. But you know, it would have been what it would have been. At least it would have been something, I guess. Most of us would have said. But when he got up there and he said he he is done, that that changed everything. That 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 changed the way every other owner is going to act, behave, and operate in the, in the NBA. You know, and and for him to talk about how appalled he was, to listen to the tape, and how and how it affected him, that let him know that you know what. Even though I'm paid by the owners, I do respect you guys on the basketball court. I do value you on the basketball court. And I would do everything I can to protect you and make sure that you are treated the way you are supposed to be treated. And and that, that seldom ever happens. When you get a, a, a high, the the guy at the top of the food chain, you know, they, they slap him on the wrist suspend so him for a year. He comes back hunky-dory still talking about, you know, his slaves and everything. But, you know, he's going to make sure he's not going to say it out loud again. He didn't give him a chance to do that. He really didn't. And in most cases, in most leagues, they probably would have been suspended for a year or two, fine, and then, you know, give the team to the family or whatever. He, he's like, no, I, I want him, everybody associated him, to give up their interest in this team. I don't want them no longer no, no part of the NBA, and to me, that was a defining moment in the NBA. It really was because when you when you come at an owner like that, that means you're serious. You're serious about protecting the athletes. You're, you're serious about protecting, really, your commodity. I guess you can say because if not for those guys doing all the things they do, not for those guys getting the fan base excited about them going out buying their jerseys, buying everything else. You know, they wouldn't have the big contract with the TV stations. You know, they wouldn't be generating the revenue that they generate. So, you know, to that, me, that that was a big statement that he made. I was so proud that, that he, he came out the way he did and he said what he said. And I think the NBA is going to, by far, be a lot better for it than other leagues. You know, man, we got 30 seconds left. I want you to take us out
2: you know, the show is- you know, throw everybody out there to the listeners of you know, advice that you can give or, you know, just, you know, because you been so great. Just throw something out there for them that, you know, something they can take home and, and
3: sleep on. Well, you know what I think for the listeners, I think that when I, when I watched the game, because I actually watched the game last night. I don't, I don't really watch basketball to the finals. But I watched that game because I wanted to see how the, the fans were going to react. And uh, to me, I think because of the way the commissioner handled it, the, fam, the fan base was so strong and united behind that team that, I mean, I knew all along it's going to be tough beating the Clippers tonight. And that's because the fan base wanted to let them know that we do care about you. We do value you. We don't look at you, you know, in the demeaning way that your owner did and and they showed that they were true fans last night with all the signs they held out, all the chants that we have won. You know, they, they just, it, to me, it, it, it kind of just it resonated with me uh, uh, as a former professional athlete that if a fan base did something like that, how proud I was feel. You know, just it, it, it really strengthened, I think, the Clippers to really go out and even perform at a higher level because everything was righteous about the fan base last night at that game. Well, man, I,
2: like I said, I'm proud that you got to do this show with me today. This made, this made everything out of the shows I've done. So, thanks again, man. All
3: right, anytime, man. You take care of yourself, all right? All right, you too. All right, take care.